0: Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Dean. Thank you, everyone, for a beautiful service this morning. It's good to be back. Sarah and I were up at Camp Crossroads during the week. She was the theme speaker at a woman's uh, retreat, and we had all sorts of great ladies there. I was in the kitchen being told what to do by Gerhard. So where is Gerhard here this morning? Where are you, my beloved Gerhard? There you are. I still love you. Even, even after that week and with my, uh, my wrinkled fingers after washing dishes throughout the week, I had an opportunity I've been looking forward to for many months, I had my first chance to make Svibach. I made Svibach. Some of them, I don't know if you've made, some of them fell over. You know, they fell to the side. I, th- I think those were Gerhards. Mine were perfect. <laughs> mine. <laughs> no, no, it was fun to be in the kitchen and to be cooking and to be, oh my goodness, we ate a lot as well. What a, what a, a joy to, uh, to serve using my gifts, my gifts to serve Christ in the kitchen wherever he needs me. I don't know if you smelled something different in the church today, but uh, you might smell some paint because we have a beautifully newly painted gymnasium. So before the day is over, take a scoot down to the gym and see the beautiful new greenish color on the bottom. It's 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 just beautiful, all freshly painted. So we're we're grateful for our friends from a Nuevo Pacto, from the, the New Covenant Church that meets with us here. Uh, they uh, they they used their gifts of painting along with John Jansen and and those as well who supported that ministry. We're so grateful for a beautiful new painted gym. Yeah, it's going to be a beautiful Christmas, all decorated with new paint. I'm grateful for, I don't know if you've noticed the parking lot, but the parking lot, as far as parking lots look, it looks good, doesn't it? Doesn't it look good? It's got snow on it now, but it's got uh, it's it's uh, beautiful new lines. And we have a, our our brother Willie has been using his gifts to, to spruce up the parking lot and cleaning up fences and all sorts of things. Willie, put up your hand there. Thank you for for using your gifts and skills. to, uh, On behalf of those of us who park here, Willie, thank you very much for making it an awfully nice parking lot. Amen. Amen. Um, Two weeks ago, we began our look at spiritual gifts and uh, the fact that God uses his gifts to grow his church and to bless his church. And I can't stress enough that God wants us to pursue the gifts that he has placed before us. So, um, 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Many times uh, we're uninformed about the gifts. I I know there are some people, they could have been in the church for many many years. You ask them, What's your spiritual gifts? And they say, Well, I don't know. I don't know. And it looks like the kids are coming up from Sunday school and they're going to ask us, Grandpa, Grandma, Mom, Dad, What's your spiritual gift? And what do you think my spiritual gift is? And we're going to be talking about this this week and next week. And, and I'd like us, we're going to do a little inventory. I'd like us all to fill in this sheet of paper. And, and then you can tell the kids, well, God has given me the gifts of giving and, and hospitality, the gift of teaching, the gift of serving. And, and we look forward to seeing how God will use our children to use their gifts in the church as well. That's next week. So actually, next week, you're going to do the survey. This week, we're, we're talking about spiritual gifts. Um. There are those of us who say, well, if God wants me to have that gift, he'll give it to me. But he hasn't given it to me yet. Well, it's not exactly the way it works. It's, in Scripture, it references that we should be seeking these gifts. There's an element of our responsibility in the gifts. We need to try things out. We need to be bold. We need to seek. We need to seek the gifts and to see, is that, is that my area of strength? God has placed many gifts. Uh, my gift is not washing dishes. Sorry, Gerhard. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. No, on that, I, maybe that was my gift on that week. But there was more going on in the kitchen than dishes. There was fellowship. There was support of one another. We we prayed. We loved. We laughed. The ladies bossed us around and told us we were in the wrong place. And uh, and so get back to your area, men. Um, I love using whatever whatever I can for Christ's service. I will do it. I will do it. God has placed many gifts in the body so that the body would function properly. He created the church, all of us, to have the gifts so that we can meet the needs in the world. Um, I hope you know that the church, that Christ needs you. First Corinthians 12, all the members of the body are important and all of the members have a function. You are important and you have a function. It doesn't matter if you're a child or an adult. Anna Wall is going to have a birthday, I believe it's Christmas Eve. Isn't it that your birthday? Christmas Day. Christmas Day. And she's turning 29 for the 60th time, and, uh, and she has gifts, and she, she changes my life, and she encourages me. So it doesn't matter if you're a child or you're, or you're 29. God can and will use you and is using you. Um, did you know that the backbone of our church is made up of ordinary people doing ordinary things? Ordinary people doing ordinary things for a great God. Amen? He's using us to do extraordinary things. If you have a Bible or you have the app on your phone, let's go to Exodus 17:8 to 15. Beautiful story here. Beautiful story. Exodus 17 verses 8 to 15 is about the Amalekites and Moses. Let me start at verse 8. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered and Moses Aaron and her, so two other gentlemen, went to the top of the hill. So three of them were at the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But when he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. Hands up, they were winning. Hands down, the Israelites were losing. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and her held up his hands. One on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on the scroll as something to be remembered. And make sure that Joshua hears it, because I will completely blot out the name of uh, Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. Built an altar. The Lord is my banner. So... The Israelites are fighting against the Amalekites. Moses went to the mountaintop with a staff in his hands. A rod is called, and it's it's something that you use when you're a a herder, um, a herder of animals. And um, down below, Joshua was fighting the army. There were those that were fighting and those that were praying. And there's a message in this story. It took everybody pulling together to win the battle. The job of the leader was to keep, the people lifted up in prayer to God. Aaron and her were also at the top of the mountain with Moses, their leader. And they had an important job to do. When they did their job, their job was to support Moses to hold his hands up. How many of you could hold your hands up for a minute? Have you ever look, put your hands up, Put your hand up. Put your hand up You know, one second. Two seconds three seconds. It's not easy. No, don't stop. (laughs) Rodney, put the fire. Thank you. Can you feel it? Are you starting to feel it here? Imagine if you were doing that and you had a rod in your hands. Keep going. Are you, is it starting to burn? Can you feel it in your shoulders, and your arms? Can you feel it? Now, Grab the hand of the person beside you and hold their hand up. Help them. Help them. Hold their hand up. Hold your dad's hand up. There. <laughs> Does it? Is it easier? Can you feel it? Can you feel the impact? Mr. Bolt, she's holding your hand. She's been holding your hand for 65 years, I think it is. All right, hands down. Whoa. Can you feel it? Tomorrow you'll feel it, (laughs) yeah. Tomorrow you'll feel it. Um, Moses was doing that during a battle all day long. Can you hold your hands up all day long? No. Not even John Jansen can do that, and he's strong. But with, with a little bit of help, I can help John and hold his hands up. I can support him. So that he can do what he has to do. When Moses' hands were up, Israel won the battle. Now, a pastor, my job is to hold you up. Can you imagine holding you up? Paul is big. He's big. I hold you up, my, your, your concerns, your needs, your life. I pray for you and I love you. My job is to spend time in the Word and prayer, to cast a vision for the church, to equip, to train, to teach, encourage, and it would appear that part of my gift is to do dishes. They're all important. They're all important gifts. My job is to uphold the church and to uphold the people of God. That's my part. When Moses' hands got heavy and they weren't lifted up, they were starting to lose the battle. Winning the battle, losing the battle. Winning the battle, losing the battle. Winning the battle, losing the battle. Do you notice that we don't have two screens today? Do you have any idea how difficult it is to fix screens? David, he looks thinner today because he lost about 20 pounds just sweating trying to get these two screens working. So we've had some technical difficulties. And he's been struggling in that battle, and you needed people to lift up your hands to support you. How can we fix these screens? Someone came from Hamilton, and, and now someone is, is going to try to fix the, 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 the little parts and the, the thing that broke, so that we will, we will win the battle, not lose the battle. It didn't take long for Aaron and her to notice what was happening, that Moses' arms, when they were... When they became heavy, Israel started to lose. When they lifted up his hands, Israel started to win. Aaron and her supported the hands of their leader. They realized that when they supported the hands of their leader, that Israel would win. And this is the message that I'm trying to share with us about spiritual gifts. Now, who is the leader of our church? I'm just your pastor. I'm the chief servant. Our leader is Jesus Christ. When we support the work of Christ by using our spiritual gifts, it changes everything. I thank God for Sunday school teachers, for study leaders. They change lives. I thank God for nursery workers. They change diapers. I thank God and lives. I thank God for elders and their vision and for the work of the church. I thank God for greeters who make people feel welcome and comfortable in the house of God. I was talking to someone the other day. They came to church for the first time, and they said, Rob, I felt like I was attacked in love. Because they, they were new, and, they, and I have some guests here today. Make sure that you, you show them that Scott Street hospitality um, this morning. I'm thankful for those of you who drive vans, who knot and quilt blankets, those of you who care for teenagers, those of you who prepare communion, who peel potatoes, who clean carrots, who set up tables, who stack chairs, acts of service, spiritual gifts, you are all lifting up the hands of Jesus Christ that we as a church can be salt and light to the community. Amen? When you stack those chairs, when you clean those potatoes, when you make a flesh, Fleisch, a fleisch, perski, when you make that beautiful fleisch, you are, you are serving Jesus in a uniquely Mennonite way, (laughs) yes. Some of you might think, though, Pastor, I want to do something that's really important. I don't want to just make a fleisch, or paint a gym. I want to do something that's significant, But Matthew 10, 42 says, If anyone gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in my name, truly I tell you, you have done it unto me. You have held up my arms by giving a glass of water. How many of you can give water? How does does your arm feel when you put it up? (laughs) We can give water. We can give water. And we can pull weeds. And we can lead elders' boards. We can play guitar. We can take care of children. We can lead studies. We can visit. We can pray. You're all so important. You're all so important. All so important. When we serve Jesus in the area of our giftedness, our theme is small things done with great love will change the world. Let's say that together. Small things done with great love will change the world. That's you, that's me. Small things done. With great love change the world. If we're not careful, sometimes we we think, I'm meant to do something big. But God just wants us to do what's in front of us. To do what needs to be done. You want to know what God wants you to do? Oftentimes, people will say, well, pastor, I just need to know what God wants me to do. Here's what I usually, I say, look straight ahead Look around, pray, Lord, help me, and take a step. Look forward, look around, pray, Lord, help me, whatever I need, please give it to me, and take the step of faith. How many of you have done things that you never thought you could do? I know you have. I know, I've heard your stories. Some of you have done incredible things. My, my, my Mr. Bolt, He's, he's started things, and he's built things, and he's, he's changed lives, and, he's, and he encourages me. Small things done in love change the world. And it was your birthday. Happy birthday. 29 and, and, and 30 years. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mr. Bolt. Yes. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. The things that God has done through many of you, I just learned. I'm your new pastor, and I've been here a year. I'm still finding out the wonderful things that you do. I also find out about the quiet things you do: taking food, uh, helping one another, building and 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 laying tile, and doing some painting. Helping one another, giving a dead tree on your property to you so that you can have heat in your house. We we help one another. You know that's what, and Mennonite brethren in particular are known that we don't just go to church together; we live together. We help one another. We use our gifts together. We play guitar if we can play guitar. And we pick weeds if we can pick weeds. And we dry and wash dishes if we can dry and wash dishes. 1 Corinthians 12, different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Paul is reminding us that there's a variety of gifts. 23 spiritual gifts, if you use the five different lists. And as Paul wrote, it is God who gives these gifts to be used. Remember this? We talked about this two weeks ago. Our gifts are to be used to build the church. God will give us the power and the ability to build the church, and the church's goal is to glorify Christ. So Paul spoke to the church in Ephesus in uh, Ephesians 4. From him, Jesus, the whole body, I love this, the whole body joined together, held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We grow, we change, we build, we support one another as each part does its work. Each part is supposed to do its work. Each part is important. When your body is not working properly, when there's a part that's not working, do you know it? Do you know it? You do. How many of you shoveled snow on that snowfall that happened this week? How many of you felt it the next day? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I just shoveled off my back deck. And I'm kind of going, oh. My body tells me when there's a part that's not working. I experience pain, tingling, cramping, whatever it is. We recognize pain when the body isn't working. And in the same in the church. But you know, I think we're working. I think God's doing an amazing work here. Amen? You are an amazing church family. Even, even thinking about the Tabor bake sale and, and the thanks that we, that we received. To, because we helped to do something small. We shared our kitchen. We made some We made some food. We cared, we loved, we gave. Thank God for you and for the small things that you're doing that are changing the world. Gifts are given so that they can be used in service to change the world for Christ's sake. We need to move forward and to identify our gifts. Next week, I'm going to give you a piece of paper. It's called a spiritual gift inventory and I have it in English and German. Imagine, I did not write the German. And what I'd like you to do is to you're going to take it home and fill it out about 80 questions and check it off, so that you can it'll show you what you believe are your spiritual gifts. And what I'd like to do is to collect it all, and we'll see as a church family what are our strengths, what are our, what are our areas of weakness, um, where 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 are we really incredible, and then each of you I'm going to you'll bring it back. I'm going to do all of the math. I'm going to give you your results, your top. Three spiritual gifts. And then when the grandchildren come to you, then when the children come to you, can say, you see, all along, is God has given me these gifts of serving, of helps, of, of administration. And I'm using my gifts to serve God at Scott Street this way, or in our community in this way. So that's next week. You're going to have some homework. That's what you get. You hired, you hired a guy with a doctorate. You know, what? I've been really easy on you to this point. This is After the first year, this is your first homework. I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. So please don't worry about it. Just fill it in as best you can. And I'm so excited to see all of the gifts that God has given us. So that's next week. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. I love that sound. I hear a baby. I'm not sure whose baby it is. Is it your baby? No, it's not. No, you know your baby. We had a baby staying at the house last night with Sarah and I, with their mom and dad as well. And you know what? Babies change everything. You know? They just don't do what you tell them to do. You know, it's like, sit down and eat your food. Last night, dinner became a missile. It was, it was... (laughs) It takes a certain giftedness to be a parent, doesn't it? Certain patience to be a parent. So thank you for teaching us last night about being a a gifted parent and caring for your child. Let's finish up here. We've been looking at 1 Corinthians 12 a fair bit because there's a lot about spiritual gifts in there. And then we've also been looking at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14 as well. 12 and 14. 12 and 14. What's between 12 and 14? 13. Now, what is 1 Corinthians chapter 13 all about? Do you know? It's the love chapter. We always read it at weddings. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy. Now, you see, it's not talking about marriage. It's talking about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 13, between 12 and 14, is about spiritual gifts. Let's go back. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries, so if I have prophecy, understand mysteries, and knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. The gift of giving, if I give all I possess to the poor, hospitality, service, mercy, and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love. I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, does not dishonor itself, is not self-seeking, is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always persevere. Love never fails. Say that with me. Love never, one more time, love never fails. All of these gifts, what do they mean without love? Absolutely nothing. We're going to find, we're going to look at our gifts, and you, many of you know your gifts. You've been living a life of service using your gifts. But if we don't use our gift in love, we are a banging gong or a clanging cymbal. Uh, We go down to the very bottom there to verse 13. And now these three things remain. Can we go to verse 13? Do we have that verse 13 there? And now these three things. I feel like it's the old days when I had to do this, David, because the, the screen isn't working back there either. I look forward to that being repaired. And now these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. The foundations of our faith, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So you'll notice that the gifts are mentioned in these verses. Paul is reminding the people in Corinth, and he's reminding you and I today, that if we have great power and we have all of these great gifts, but if we don't use them in love, they're worthless. They're worthless. So focusing on love as we use our gift Paul wants us to understand that if we don't have love, when we're doing anything, we're nothing more than that gong or the clanging symbol. We gain nothing and we are nothing. It's a pretty blunt statement, isn't it? Foundation of all good is founded on love. Have you ever had someone do something in love for you and someone do it out of obligation for you? Ever had someone give you a present and you could tell they didn't really want to give it to you? Or someone gives you a gift and you know they love you and they're so excited when you get it. There's a difference when you do. Is it different when you wash dishes in love or wash dishes because you have to be there? Which dish do you want to eat off of? The one washed in love or obligation? (laughs) There's some nasty, dirty, obligation-clean dishes, let me tell you. Do everything in love. As we come to the end, my hope is this, that you, as we do our spiritual gifts inventory next week, that you'll be encouraged and you'll say, yes, Lord, for 60 years, I've been using my gifts of service and giving, and I'm so grateful. Continue to use me. Lord, let me, let me live until I die. Let me give until I die. I pray that you'll be blessed to know that your gift is important Each of you, your gift is important and you are important. We are important as a family and your gifts are important here and we honor you. Let us demonstrate to the world what a church really looks like, what a family of God really looks like, a loving, strong, vital, caring body of Christ using their gifts to serve him right here at Scott and Vine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we lift up our hands to you, and we also lift up each other's hands, Father. Thank you for our spiritual gifts. Help us to use them in love, to hold up each other's hands in love. Father, for the gift of mercy, Father, make us merciful. For the gift of hospitality, thank you for the many people here today who have the gift of hospitality, the gift of service, the gift of leadership. Thank you for those here with the gift of teaching. Father, I can do something for you today. And I will use my gifts to speak in love. I will use my gifts to serve in love. Father, accept our service. And thank you for gifting each and every one of us. We pray. Amen. Amen. Use your gift. Thank you for listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit ScottStreetChurch.ca.